are in a new series called Goodness Gracious, <laughs> okay? And we're talking about uh, the joy of the Christmas season, obviously, and the good that it is that we have a Savior. And this morning, what I want to do is I want to talk, we're going to be only in the book of Luke this morning, and we're going to be kind of skipping along because I one of the things that I think is um, we, we spend a lot of time thinking about Jesus. And for those of you who are new to the Bible or maybe new to church or you thought, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start going to church again and just see what's going on. You might even be struggling if it's true, <laughs> you know, like you're trying to wrap your head around. What does it mean that God, the God of the universe, sends his only son in the form of a baby that he, it's, it's uh, you know, I love saying it's God in a bod, right? Like he's a, it's God comes in the form of a baby and grows up. And it's like, that's hard to wrap your head around, you know? Like where do we even get that from? Why, why do we believe that? And then, and then for Christians, why do we believe that so strongly? And, 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 and what does it mean to, 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 to have this idea that God came in the flesh as a little baby. And so this morning, we're going to be going through the book of uh, Luke in some different ways, because what I want you to understand at the end of today is that this is good news. It is good news that God did this. And oftentimes, if you've been a Christian for a long time or a follower of Jesus for a long time, you take this for granted. And uh, in my study this week, I was trying to get back into my heart this idea uh, that it was good news. And so we're going to talk about that. But before we get started, we're gonna, I want to give you a little bit uh, idea about Luke. This is the book we're in. In the beginning of Luke, and we'll read it, uh, you know, imagine, imagine the church without a Bible. See, you and I, we have the New Testament, okay? And so... Um, uh, we, we, we have the privilege of being able to open it up on our phones. We have the privilege of different um, versions, you know, NASB, NIV, New King James. Like, you just like all these different versions. And sometimes that gets confusing, like, which one is the best? Which one do I use? And so uh, they didn't have that in the early church. People had to document things. Everything was really by word of mouth for decades. And so... All of a sudden, you have this, this group of people, uh, you know, called Christians, which is just little Christ, these people who uh, were, walked with Jesus, saw the miracles of Jesus, and they all have their stories. And like, well, one time Jesus did, you know, did this and that, and all the people who were healed walking around going, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't walk, and now I can. I couldn't see, and now I can, right? And all, all these different things. And so Luke sets out to go, hey, I got to... I got to like really research that. And that's, that's where we pick up Luke in Luke chapter 1, verse 1. And we'll, we'll get to the Christmas story in just a little bit, but this is really important. He says, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us. And so this is like saying, look, you guys have probably heard some things, read some things. Maybe some people tried to write some things down. And these, this, these glasses are all smudged. I'm going to use these glasses. Because we have awesome people here, and they just put two pairs of glasses here, just in case, right? Okay, overachiever. All right. Many have undertaken to draw up an account. So, so there's these, you get the idea from Luke that there's kind of a bunch of stories floating around, a bunch of uh, maybe, maybe some writings going, going around. And Luke goes, I want to get to the, bo the bottom of this. 
So he says, because he knows and he can see the early church, things are happening. If you read the book of Acts, which we'll be going through next uh, year, um, there's still miracles happening. There's still uh, a movement of the Holy Spirit. Like things are going on. And so he says, these things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first, excuse me, <laughs> were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. So Luke's seeing some things, he's seeing lives change, he's hearing stories, and he's like, man, I want to get to the bottom of it. And uh, so he says, with this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. Now we go, well, who's, who's Theophilus? I, I have no idea who he is, but if I had to take a guess, he's probably somebody wealthy that could uh, uh, say, hey, Luke, could you just write this stuff down? It would be very odd in this time that you would have anything written about yourself. It was expensive. It was difficult. A lot of people couldn't read. So you, didn't, you wouldn't have like a memoir of yourself. If you did, you'd be very wealthy, and you'd proofread it before you died to make sure that the story you want told has been told. In this case, Jesus is gone. And people are writing stuff about him. And so that's what is happening. Luke is writing, the, Luke is written to a guy. Here's the story. And because the story was so spot on and so nailed it, maybe this guy Theophilus paid to have copies made. We don't, we don't really know. But this is the uh, text, the context of what's going on. And here's why. So that you may know the certainty the certainty of the things that you've been taught. Luke is writing this going, Theophilus, these things are true, man. Read what's coming up next. It really happened. I researched it. I know there's a lot of stories going on, but this is the real deal, okay? And I would imagine, I, I can't prove this, and I know that this is all inspired by the Holy Spirit, but I'll bet if there was a story that is in one of the Gospels, but Luke couldn't get... You know, maybe he has a litmus test of like he has to get five eyewitness accounts and he couldn't, then it didn't go in, right? So I, I, when I read Luke, I view it through, I take Luke at his word that he wrote this because he did research and this is what he knows, okay? Now, so that's kind of the context of the writing of, of, this, of this particular scripture. So now let's get to the Christmas story. And we're going we're gonna to insert ourselves uh, far into it where there's these shepherds who are out tending their flock at nighttime and an angel comes to the Lord. And what I want us to focus on are four things that the angel says to them that are still true to, for us today. So this angel shows up and um, like we've said, well, I, I've said often in angel school, they teach you to lead off with do not be afraid because most likely the human will be freaked out. So you can picture all these angels in class and they say, you know, number one, what do we say? And they're like, I know, do not be afraid. Good, that's it. Because you guys are scary looking for some reason. I don't know, but that's angel school. Can't prove it, but I think very strongly that that's what happens. So here's what he says. Do not be afraid, right? First thing you're supposed to say. But then he says something else, that to them, this would be difficult to wrap your head around. And I think for us, 
as certainly Americans or Western thinkers, we can lose sight of during this Christmas time. I bring you good news. The gospel of Jesus Christ literally means good news. And we're going to be looking through what a lot of that good news is based on. I bring you good news. Now listen to the next word. That will cause great joy for everybody. No one will be excluded from this good news. It's good news and it will bring great joy to anyone who wants to buy into the good news. No one's excluded. No one is not smart enough. No one is too smart. No one's not rich enough. No one is too rich. And we'll see this in just a little bit. Every single person in the sound of my voice and watching online, and we'll welcome welcome you to that as well, is included in this good news. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Well, what is the good news. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born. You do not have to do this on your own. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And then they, then they go on, they kind of explain, you know, how they'll find Jesus and all this kind of stuff. And then, and then all of a sudden, it's like, whole bunch of angels come, right? So can you imagine you're in the fields, you got the sheep and everything, and you're just kind of like, hey, Steve, what do you want to do today? Like, I don't know, you know, which hill do you want to bring the sheep on? Or are they just sleeping or whatever it is? And all of a sudden an angel comes up and then a whole bunch of angels come up. And here's what they say. This is how good the news is. The news is so good that an angel shows up and so good that even more angels show up and they say, glory to God in the highest heaven. That's how good this news is. That's how amazing this news is. That we would have a savior from our sin. It's incredible. Now, again, for those of you who are kind of like, oh man, he just said sin. That makes me uncomfortable. Like, what? I'm living my truth. You live your truth. You can't say, you know, sin. Okay. But, but the point is, you believe in sin because you, you've disappointed yourself <laughs> in whatever your standard is. Probably some of you, your, 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 your biggest downturns in life were because of you, right? The mistakes you made because you have a standard. And so sin just means missing the mark. And so for some of you, the gospel you heard was you have to be perfect or else. And that's why you need a savior. But watch what they said. Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace. On earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. This is great news that we have a savior. This is great news that we don't have to try to live up to a standard. Am I good enough? Have I done enough? Oh, if if God has a recording of my 20s, I'm not making it. I can guarantee you that, right? You know what I'm saying? You ever have those things cross your mind? No, 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 no. This is good news that brings great joy to everybody, to all people. And so whatever it is that's holding you back, whatever it is that you feel makes you unworthy, this is great news for you. You have a Savior. You have a Messiah, the Lord. So let's look at 
at this because uh, we go from there, and then Jesus is born, and uh, we're going to catch Jesus on these two bookend stories that are right next to each other in the book of Luke, and I believe they're there on purpose. Um, and uh, because it gives the idea of, well, what, what do we get from this good news? I mean, it's great that we have a Savior. I don't know what that means, but it's great. I mean, it's out, if the angels showed up, it must be good news. Well, Jesus, the life of Jesus basically plays out of what that good news is. The life of Jesus basically reveals, okay, the heart of your heavenly Father. Jesus is the exact representation of God. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. If you want to know what God thinks about you, look at Jesus. If you want to know what makes God angry, look at Jesus. If you want to know what makes God uh, uh, happy, look at Jesus. And so that's what he begins to do. So the first story we're going to look at, we won't go through the whole thing because I've preached on it about four times. But uh, Jesus is in this house and he's teaching and just like the culture of the day, all the teachers in the law and the Pharisees, you know, the Pharisees, teachers of the law, they have the best seats, right? So the inside the house is just teachers of the law and Pharisees and elites, okay? And outside the house are all you and I, the commoners, okay? No offense, but uh, that's what we are, right, in this culture. So we're on the outside, they're on the inside, they're very important, uh, they're, they're basically judging Jesus to see what he's going to say, see if he slips up, you know, they're rabbis, so they have a, a dog in the hunt, you know, of their little group of disciples versus Jesus' group of disciples, it's, you know, it's like West Side Story, they're coming down the street, you know, right, so it's like, it's like there's a lot of competition of like, who's, who, what school are you from, and all this kind of stuff, and so Jesus is talking, and all of a sudden, like stuff starts falling off the ceiling. And, and, and I don't know if it was falling on Jesus' head or not, but I would imagine uh, that, you know, all of, you, you're kind of looking down and looking up, like, well, are we having an earthquake? What's going on? And, and there's people on top of the roof pulling the tiles back in order to get to Jesus. Interrupting Jesus' sermon, by the way, which is a frowned upon. Do not interrupt the sermon. No, I'm kidding. So... You know, all of a sudden, what? I guess a beam of light comes through, and then a bigger beam, and then, you know, stuff is falling down. And, like, if, as the light shines in, you can kind of see the dust swirling through the light. You know, if you've ever seen that go on. And, and all of a sudden, they lower this dude down. So they're, they're all lowering him down on this, on this mat. Now, I don't know if the mat, like, landed at eye level with, this, with Jesus or if it like went to the ground and Jesus had to stoop down and talk to this guy. I like to think Jesus is standing there and all of a sudden this guy's head just comes right to Jesus. And the guy's like, hey, how's it going, Jesus? Those are my friends up there, right? Well, here's, here's where we, we catch it. Uh, so they get him down there. Now watch, watch this. Watch this good news, this, this new kingdom that's coming in, this Savior of ours. When Jesus saw not his faith, their faith. All of a sudden, oh, you, you, get, you get it. You guys get it. He said, friend, your sins are forgiven. To which he probably said, uh, well, thanks. <laughs> but if you could heal me, that would be even better. But Jesus knows what's the most important thing. It's better that your sins are forgiven and you can't walk 
then you can walk and your sins aren't forgiven. And so Jesus says, friend, your sins are forgiven. Okay, of course, then the, 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 the teachers of the law uh, ask a question, and, and I don't blame them because it's a real question. Like if you walked up to me and you said, hey, John, your sins are forgiven, I'd be like, and what was your name again? <laughs> like, you, we, can't, we all know this question, the answer to this question. Who is this fellow? I don't know why we use fellow. Dude, who speaks blasphemy? Right? And then they ask the question, who can forgive sins but God alone? Ding, ding. The answer is nobody. Nobody. And so we get this idea of the good news being manifest. Hey, wait a second. This isn't just a baby born in a manger. This is God walking around trying to show us that there's a better kingdom than the kingdom we see in culture and the kingdom that we see in our circumstances. So Jesus has this great response. He says, which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? Because your sins are forgiven, there's no way to prove that. Get up and walk, that's kind of a big deal. Now the reality is, it's actually more difficult to say your sins are forgiven because that can't happen from, for you and I in a human form. It can only take place by God doing it. He says, but I want you to know, listen to this, this is the beginning of the good news. I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And that same Jesus who died and was resurrected has that same authority to forgive you and to forgive me of my sin. I need a Savior, and I have a Savior, and that's really, really good news with great joy for everybody. Nobody's excluded. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take up your mat, and go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Listen to this. You know what I love about this word picture? That pallet or that mat that he had was his identity. He was the paralyzed dude. He was the paralyzed guy. You know, Bob... The par paralyzed Bob? Yeah, paralyzed Bob. That, like, that like, consumed his whole life. And then Jesus changed it in an instant. And says, you know, you have a new identity. Now take that pallet, take that mat, and go, go home. Go home. So sweet. So he goes home praising God. And everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. Why? Because there's now peace on earth. As a matter of fact, the Bible calls Jesus the Prince of Peace. In other words, when we come under his authority, we experience his peace. Every time I do not come under his authority, I do not experience his peace. This is what he does. This is what he does. So we see in this story, and we're going to go just one verse later and see another story and see how they're tied together. But this first one is anyone can have their sins forgiven. This, 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 this person in this particular culture would have looked down, they would have been looked down upon. Like the reason he's paralyzed is because God was judging him. And the Prince of Peace shows up and goes, what are you talking about? Your sins are forgiven. And now you're going to be restored. And so it's for all people. Good news with great joy. They're giving praise to God for all people. So then you go, okay, all people... Really, like all, all 
Like, you know, Congress, <laughs> really? Like, like, like those people, like, you know, or pick, pick whatever your group is, but, you know, right? Like, really, like, like what, what, about, what about, and we could start coming up with stories about people that aren't forgiven. Well, they had somebody in their culture that they didn't think could be forgiven. They actually had a phrase for them. They lumped them in. They would say, instead of just saying sinners, they would say tax collectors and sinners. Like that's, like they throw in, like you'd say Republicans and sinners or Democrats and sinners, whichever side of the aisle you're on or, you know, wh- whatever it is. They would lump them in. So you think, well, surely, surely Jesus came. It, it can't be for all people. It's good news. I understand that. And great joy. I understand that. But for all people, like even, even my neighbor, even that neighbor that plays his music too loud and is like, has a Harley, and no offense to you driving a Harley, but man, if they could get a silent one, I'd be so happy. Right? So here's what happens. After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector. Now, if you're reading this for the first time, you're like, oh, this is going to be rich. I can't wait to see what Jesus does. Like he's got all this authority, all this power. I can't wait till he lights up this dude just goes right into him because you have to understand at this time tax collectors were Jews and and they would take the taxes and give to Caesar what he gets okay I want I want 50 bucks from everybody this week you know and okay and then they take a little bit more for themselves so they were very wealthy they were elites okay and so the other Jews hated these guys. It would be this. Like, imagine you're in a, you live on a cul-de-sac, and, and you become basically the tax collector for your cul-de-sac. So you go around, and you're knocking on everyone's door, and you're like, hey, man, I'm here for my money. And they're like, okay, here's the $100. You're like, no, 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 man, it's 125 And you're like, I hate that dude. And then he, they see you driving around the Mercedes, and you're like, that's my money. That's my money, right? Are you driving around? Look, if you were driving a Mercedes, no, you know, no, no big deal. But um, anyway, I was going to make a joke. So anyway, I won't do it. I got I to stay focused. Okay. Squirrel, right? Uh, so I, I, uh, so that, that would be like that. So every time you saw that neighbor driving around in his fancy car and like, oh, man, you would just be seething. And so you just go, that tax collector, that sinner. You know, right? Here's what Jesus says. He sees Levi. Follow, follow me, Jesus said to him. Now, can you imagine being one of the disciples? Like, hold up. We're not. Wait. Oh, follow me. Oh, we're going to jump him around the corner. Okay. Okay, Jesus, I got you. I got your back. Let's jump him, right? Levi got up, left everything. And followed him. This is good news of great joy for all the people, the lowest of the low, the worst of the worst, the person you'd think, if somebody deserves the wrath of God, it would be this dude. But God isn't a God that's just looking to strike you down. We see the heart of God. He just says, follow me, follow me, put Put that stuff down. 
Put your 20s away. Put your 30s away. Put this nonsense away that you're doing and follow me. It's very sweet. Then Le- uh, and so Levi leaves everything. Like Levi, there probably was a Roman guard there that, you know, gathered everything up. It wasn't like he just left a pot of gold on, on the street, right? But he just goes, you know what? I'm done. And then he does something even crazier. Somehow he believes he's worthy enough or Jesus has allowed him to feel worthy enough to have a banquet for Jesus. And watch who's invited to the banquet. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house and a large crowd of what? Raider fans? They were invited? Right now, I'm just playing. We, we have somebody I just met who's a Raider fan. They're very, very kind. Okay. Uh, I'm playing. Right? Tax collectors. Wait, Jesus went into a banquet and it was all Democrats? Are you kidding me? It's all Republicans? Like, what, like, what is it, a gun show? Like, what, what are we doing? Tax collectors and others were eating with him. This is the most unclean he could be. But it's good news of great joy for all people, even the unclean people, even you and I holding on to our secrets, people, even us knowing stuff about ourselves that not a single soul knows, and if they did, we know that we would be cast out like tax collectors and sinners. And Jesus says, hey, come on. I want to show you a different way, a different kingdom. The Pharisees, of course, the teachers of the law who belong to the sect, complained to, 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 to his disciples. You eat and drink with tax collectors and see tax collectors and sinners. And then Jesus makes this incredible statement, this incredible upside-down statement. Jesus answered them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor. Now, if I were translating this or whatever, I'd, be, I'd, I'd insert dummy, you dummies. It, it, it's, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, you guys. <laughs> but the sick, listen to the heart of your heavenly father. Good news with great joy for all people. Here's what he says. This is, this is the good news. This is the great news. This is why it's so joyful. I have not come to call righteous people, but sinners to repentance. You have the opportunity to have a savior from your mistakes, from your sin, from your disappointments. It's great news. You, you, you have the opportunity to live a life that's completely different than how culture would have you live. As a matter of fact, we're going to jump now from chapter 5, just right down the road to chapter 6, where Jesus starts teaching. And watch the way Jesus teaches. It's unlike anything they'd ever seen before. It, it, it flips our lives completely on their head. Listen, listen to this. He, he starts out, we, we call this the Beatitudes. We're not going to read the whole thing. We'll, uh, I'll probably teach on them in a year or whatever, but um, they're, they're, they're the, the blessed are, you know, uh, and, and, and that just means happy, happy, right? Now listen to what he says. This is his upside down kingdom. This is the good news. Blessed are, and he says, the poor. <laughs> Wait, hold, hold on, Jesus. You mean to tell me that my socioeconomic st- status has nothing to do with my worth? That's what the kingdom of God says. 
No, no, matter if you have money. Well, why? hey, everything in culture is about if I had just a little bit more, if I had just a little more. No, 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 no. You don't have to. In the kingdom of God, the poor are blessed. They're happy. Well, okay, okay. Uh, what about, um, what about, uh, I'm trying to do the right thing and no one else is trying to do the right thing and there's this big culture war and I feel like, oh man, it's, it's, all, it's all, you know, so hard to be a Christian or to be a good person and Jesus says, oh no, 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 blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Like your struggle for righteousness is good. That's great news. I can be poor and happy. Oh, yeah, yeah, in the kingdom of God, you can. You mean I could be the, have this struggle of righteousness and ju- wanting to do the right thing? Yeah, 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 no, absolutely. Well, uh, what about the trauma in my past? What about things I'm going through, my circumstances, the loss of a loved one, all these things? Oh, no, 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 blessed are those who weep because I'm the comforter. Uh, you'll be comforted. That's really good news for those of you who are in a time of mourning in your life right now. Jesus is the answer to that. Okay, okay. But uh, nobody in my work understands me, and nobody likes me, and everybody hates me. How about that, Jesus? <gasps> Watch. Blessed are those when, when you are hated. <laughs> you mean to tell me, Jesus, in this kingdom, I can be an outcast, and it, it, it'll turn out okay? I can, I can, I can have peace? That surpasses all comprehension. Oh, yeah. And if you're excluded, that's fine. If you're insulted. And then he ends with this. Rejoice. <laughs> that's, that's how great the kingdom. It's good news of great joy. He, he goes on. And uh, in, this, in this sermon, you, can, you should read the whole thing. It's really good to sit down and read it in one setting. Maybe read it a couple times. It's not that long. He, he continues in Luke 6. He says, uh, oh, in this kingdom, you don't have to worry about people you like and don't like. He says, as a matter of fact, love your enemies. Be released from having to get even. Isn't that good news? You don't have to get even. You don't have to be consumed by your enemies. They don't have any power over you anymore. Love them. This is good news. Bless those that curse you. Wow. Turn the other cheek. If someone strikes you, you mean I don't have to obsess about all this stuff all day long? I don't have to be on social media just uh, being upset about everything and well, trying to find out or, or obsessed at what your ex is doing. So you're on Facebook all the time. I go, I can't believe that she bought a car. <laughs> like, I wanted to buy that car. You know, whatever it is, you know, you just get, we, we feed ourselves. Jesus says, no, no, I have good news for you, great joy. For all people, you can let that stuff go in my kingdom. He said, well, well how, you know, how will I know, like, where I stand? Like, where do I stand in society? Oh, he says, no, no, don't, don't judge. Don't judge. That's not part of the kingdom. <laughs> you mean to tell me I am free from having to judge other people? That is so free, and that is good news of great joy for all people. I love it. I say, well, what about, you know, my enemies? I just... Forget my enemies and okay, all right, I, I'll, I'll love them and I won't even talk to them. No, 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 lend to them. Lend, lend to them. Like I want you to go the extreme. I want you, this is, this, is what, this is how I sum up the whole Beatitude sermon. I want you to be free. 
I want you to be free from your circumstances. I want you to be free from your finances and all the stress that that brings. I want you to be free from culture. I want you to be free from having to measure up. Follow me, he says. Follow me. And then he ends with this as the worship band comes back up. He says, be merciful. Now listen, this is the God of the universe in a body talking to us about this good news about your heavenly father. And for some of you, you've left the church or you've left the Bible or you've left because you got a version of the gospel that isn't the actual gospel. Listen to what he says. He says, be merciful. And then he gives it this lens by which you look at this. He says, be merciful just as your father is merciful. This is God talking to these people. Good news of great joy for all people. Before we, uh, we're going to play one more song and uh, we're going to open the altar up and you can come and, and pray up here and you can stay in your seat and pray if you want or whatever. But I want to give you an opportunity because this good news uh, is a decision we make. We can go back to culture. We can go back to sitting under our finances. We can go back to valuing ourselves based on our education and based on how much money we make or what all, all, all this kind of stuff. But Jesus wants you to be free. Now, when Jesus talked to Levi, the tax collector, he didn't say, I want you to say a prayer with me, Levi. <laughs> he said, follow me. That's, that's the next step. But what we do is we say a prayer to begin that journey. Because what you're doing in the prayer is you're defining the terms. You're saying, listen, I realize my position. I realize that I'm nothing without my Savior. I realize that I'm stuck in my own sin without a Savior. And I understand that Jesus is my Savior. And that's what the prayer does. The prayer just establishes the reality of this journey that you're going to embark on. So I'm going to lead us in this prayer. The prayer is not magic or whatever. But if you're a believer already and you're just like, man, I'd like to pray this again. I, I, I joke about it. I've prayed this prayer probably a hundred times. Okay. To reestablish, Lord, I need you. This is good news of great joy for everybody. So I'll lead us in a, a prayer. I'll, I'll, I'll pray and... And then uh, if you feel comfortable, you can repeat after me. You can do it silently under your breath, or you can do it out loud. But when I, I pray this prayer, I pray something like this. Dear Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for accepting me despite my sin. I want to give you my life give you my heart. Please forgive me for anything I've done that is outside of your will. Lord, now I accept you as my king, as my savior, as my deliverer. Thank you for paying the price for me. In your name, amen. Whether you've been a Christian for a long time or Maybe that was the first time you ever prayed that prayer.
If it is the first time you've ever prayed that prayer, I'd, I'd love to talk to you about the next step in your journey. We can talk after uh, church, or you can email me at a super easy email, john, J-O-H-N, at livingspring.com. And we can start talking about what would be your next steps. What does it look like to truly follow? We're going to take this time, and maybe, again, if you maybe you weren't ready to pray that prayer, and you're like, oh, man, I missed it. Just come up to the altar and pray it. It's not, my prayer wasn't anything special. If you just said, Jesus, help me, forgive me, I, I don't know the words. He's merciful. He's merciful. Lord God, I thank you so much for uh, how much you love us. Jesus, just for the example you were. You helped everyone from the lowest of the lows who was in the worst place you could be, paralyzed in antiquity to the elites you forgave them their sins Lord. so we thank you for that in Jesus name amen if you guys aren't standing go ahead and stand for the blessing and now in the name of the father who is merciful who loves you very much in the name of the son loved you enough to die for you, to take on human form, and in the name of the Spirit that empowers you and guides you and directs you throughout the week. I pray you would go in his peace, go in his love, and go in his strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday.